Welcome to the First Right Podcast, the weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we are blessed to have a first-time guest, an important voice for election integrity in America. Her name is Jessica Anderson, and she is Executive Director of Heritage Action for America. Jessica and her group have been on the front lines trying to clean up our elections, and we're happy to have her on the show today. All right, welcome, Jessica. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, so you're so you're in from the battlefields of election integrity. So thanks for all you're doing there. Uh, but if you could give our viewers a little background on you and how you got to where you are and what you're doing now. Absolutely. So I joined Heritage Action about a year and a half ago after serving in the Trump administration for the first two years of President Trump's tenure. And I loved it. I had a, a fabulous time working in OMB. We worked on the budget, on the deregulatory agenda. And then when I was thinking through where do I go after serving in the Trump administration, I thought, well, I can have a lot of impact for the conservative movement at Heritage Action. So I'm proud of the work that we do. We represent two million grassroots activists all across the country who work in communities to hold members of Congress accountable and to advocate and advance conservative public policy solutions, both at the state level and the federal level. And we've been doing that for about 10 years and I've been uh, serving as executive director just over a year and a half now. Yeah, good for you. You guys are doing great work. So really, really pleased with everything you're doing over there and happy to help you out as much as we can. So uh, in that regard, uh, you guys have a really impressive uh, Georgia fact check ad, and we're gonna run that real quick, and then I'm gonna ask you about uh, you know, your thoughts on the messaging behind that. So let's run that ad real quick. President Biden is lying about Georgia's new election reform. Even the Washington Post caught him in his lies. This new ethics law doubles early voting on weekends. Voting on two Saturdays, guaranteed. And if you'd rather vote after church on Sunday, you still can. Absentee voting is strengthened. All absentees will now be on watermark security paper, like a car title, with voter ID required. So you know every vote counts the same one time. To provide a pressure-free voting experience, special interest groups are kicked out of polling places and counties can still provide water for people waiting in line. That's the truth. Read it yourself. And don't fall for the lies by those who want to divide us. Heritage Action for America was proud to support Georgia's election reform. Join us today so we all can trust the vote. Pay for by Heritage Action for America. All right, good ad, good ad. So uh, just talk us through what you were thinking on the overall messaging there and how you got to that place on the content. So after the state of Georgia passed their election integrity bill, you saw the Georgia legislature, you saw Governor Brian Kemp really just being courageous leaders and one of the first states in the country to fully embrace what I think is a conservative response to safeguard our elections. And the progressive left completely lost their minds. I mean, they, they began everything from boycotting the state to having MLB pull out of the All-Stars game. You had Coca-Cola um, commenting against it, Delta commenting against it, all the way going up to President Biden, who was later fact-checked actually by the Washington Post and given four Pinocchios, saying that the bill was based on voter suppression, that it was racist, that it was extreme. And when you look at the tenets of what the Georgia bill does, that sort of smear tactic from the left couldn't be further from the truth. And so what we wanted to do was to get out ahead of this and to talk in a very calm manner, and I think you see that in the ad, I, 
I, I think it's almost like a spa ad. It's calm, it's clear, and it articulates that what the Georgia bill does is it makes it easier for Georgians to vote and harder to cheat. That is the goal. And this assault campaign that the left is promulgating, saying that we are all racist, that we're trying to suppress the vote, it's just not true. And so it's important that voters across the Peach State know what their elected officials did to restore faith uh, to the ballot box. But it's also important, I think, to push back against the smears by The New York Times, by MSNBC, Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams, Joe Biden, all of these people that just got the same script from the left to go after this bill, they hadn't even read it. And that's what the commercial does. It's very simple, it lays out the truth of the bill, it shows that it's not extreme and crazy. And we've been running the ad as a television ad, there's some digital as well, but it's a million dollar ad buy on CNBC and we wanted to run it on CNBC to specifically go after these, these woke corporate CEOs. They didn't even read the bill. This lets them know the facts and we hope that they'll change their mind. Yeah, it was really great. And I was gonna ask you about the uh, all the incendiary comments as well. But you know, that's the thing about the leftists now is what you just said. Once you hit them with the truth, you better watch out. They're coming after you because they hate the truth rolling out yeah. there. And that's all this ad is presented in a very factual way. And we find that on our side all the time too. We just start talking about, well, this is actually with a deal on this. And boy, they don't want to talk about it. And then they go to this place, like you said, where they're going to call you racist, they're going to call you a voter, you know, you're suppressing the vote, all that kind of stuff. So what's your uh, experience been, you know, on the front lines when you get that stuff thrown at you? What, what, how do you push back? You know, I'm, I'm trying, we always try to arm our viewers with the stuff that they're thinking too, because they've got to go out there and fight this battle with us, but they're thinking, I know what their, people are going to say about me. So, right. so what do you, what do you, how do you approach that? So I think the, the first and most important thing is that to remember and not to be fearful. We have truth on our side. And even more than that, we have the American people on our side. When you look at these provisions, those that are in the Georgia bill and what was passed in Arizona and Florida with Governor DeSantis signing it, what they're working on now right now in Texas and in Arizona, these provisions, when you pull them individually, they're supported by 85 to 95% of Americans. And that includes moderates and independents. So we have the American people on our side. We shouldn't be timid about talking about the need to save our elections, to make them more secure, to restore confidence in the ballot box so voters can return in 2022 and cast our votes. I mean, that is, that is sacred to the American Republic. So I think that's one know the truth about the bill and know that the american people are on our on our side now the left is 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 out of control right now because they are unwilling to actually fight on the issues we just as conservatives we need to expect them that they're going to attack us and they're going to attack us with personal attacks they're going to try to go after our our donors that support and lift up this great work they're going to try to attack our integrity they're going to attack our word and we just need to be prepared for it so on a personal level i just am on war footing at all times now i know that the attacks are coming and it's just not a matter of of if it's a matter of when and so when Mother Jones and, and Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams go after me by name, I wear it as a badge of honor because they're not able to go, back, go after us on the issues. They're not actually talking about the principles right, that are at right. stake in the Georgia bill. They're going after the organization and they're going after me personally. And that just tells me they don't have a leg to stand on and we need to be prepared to keep fighting back 
fight back hard with the truth, get our message out, and don't be afraid. And we've, we've put some of this together on our website. It's called SaveOurElections.com. Check it out. It's got all of the messaging about how to talk about these bills for the, the bills that are still actively moving through state general assemblies. You can actually find toolkits about how to talk to this to your legislators, to your governors, and to support the elected officials that are doing this hard work to, to secure our elections. Yeah, and I like the, I like the point you made about uh, you got to get settled into the fact that you got to fight. And I think that, you know, we've used that term, uh, the silent majority for years and years, at least since I was a kid, that was always the, you know, the conservatives, a silent majority country and all that stuff. And then, you know, it's a vocal minority. Well, when the vocal minority gets as rabid as they are right now, it does, you know, it gives everybody pause, especially you've been part of the silent majority. But we got to become the vocal majority because these guys are not, they fight every day. They push back every single day on us. And we, the, and we take it. And the longer that happens, the further they're going to get their agenda done. And we have to be the ones to say, no, no more. And, and it's, it is freeing when you get to that place of saying, you know, I don't care what people are going to say about me. I know it's true. And I'm just going to come out and say it. Right. And, you know, I, I think this is the place that so many uh, courageous elected officials around the country have been in for years. You know, you look at someone like Ted Cruz, he can't get a cup of coffee without being attacked. And so, you know, I think we need to be be real about this, that the left is going to all efforts right now, doxing conservatives, going after conservative donors, hardworking Americans trying to put them in jail. And we need to say no, we need to say stop. And we need to look at the truths and the facts on the ground, look at what the bills do, look at what they're trying to limit against, talk about the fraud, the known cases of fraud. We've got a whole database at Heritage that rolls through the fraud that's been seen in the last decade. And just be real. And I think the American people, honestly, they see this and they see the truth and the, the, the vitriol hatred from the left and they're tired of it. So I think 2022 is gonna be a good year for conservatives. I think it's gonna be a reset of our country. Um, and I very much welcome the opportunity to be part of the grassroots movement that's doing that. Yeah, good yeah. stuff, good for you. And, and we've got a lot on our side too. There's, there's a lot coming down the pike right now that's gonna help us in 2022 because we all got to this place now on the on the right where we're like we don't have a lot of confidence in any of this you know and we have to restore the confidence and once the confidence is there i think we're all going to feel better i mean we saw some of that obviously in georgia on those senate races um you know which you can't you can't fault some people and we were all trying hey let's go out and vote let's make it but it was really everybody's really shaky you know we got to get back to that place where the confidence is there and so you know you mentioned the different uh forms of uh voter fraud so, you know, there's a lot to choose from here in terms of what we need to fix. So we have, you know, absentee, same day, we got the drop boxes, we got all kinds of stuff. So I just was curious, you know, what do you think are the two or three most important places to go right now so that we can get back to this confident place, at least for as much as we can for 2022? So I think there's there's kind of two things that are at play in the election integrity space. I think one, you have um, fraudsters in the country that are trying to um, vote illegally and dilute the votes of every Americans who are, are everyday Americans who are trying to protect the legitimate votes cast. So I think to go back on offense for that, we've got a series of policy recommendations that state governments can pick up where you can verify the accuracy of your voter rolls, where you can ensure that there's not private money and private interference into the local election that's going directly after zuckerberg and his dollars 
where you can require voter ID, vote, voter ID both for in-person voting and then security protections for absentee, and that you have a, a cleanliness to the to the voter roll list. You know, so many states, you've got the HHS within the state, you've got the morgue, you've got Social Security, and, and you've got school lists, DMV lists, and these state agencies aren't talking to each other. So a very simple thing that a state can do, and Arizona actually was one of the first to do that, is to make sure that the voting rolls between the agencies are cleaned and scrubbed and are transparent. Arizona also kicked people that had deceased, so those folks that have passed away, they shouldn't be on our voter rolls because that just allows more potential for fraud where someone can say that person when they're actually not. And so I think when you look at those sorts of issues that can be handled from a policy standpoint, this is where you've got state legislators that are out front, that are leading in, in the legislature, leading with good governors to get these sorts of protections in place. And the goal here, and this is where the message I think is so important that we just hit home, our goal from the beginning is to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. We want Americans that are legal citizens to vote. We're not trying to suppress the vote. We just want to make it harder for those that want to do harm, those fraudsters. We don't want them to allow to be able to cheat and dilute the voice of real Americans. Yeah, and that's back to what you said. I think 80, 85% of Americans are like, that makes a lot of sense to me uh, because it's just kind of been happening to them. and. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what's happened over the maybe decades here where the left has just been learning how to cheat more effectively. I, I live outside of Chicago, so, you know, we we know how to cheat around here. Uh, not we, but, you know, the leftists. So we've seen a lot of things. Um, so what would you say, though, uh, is it a tough question to say, you know, do you think the Republicans, we've been asleep at the wheel here for a while, and now we got to wake back up and make up some ground? What do you think about that? Well, I think in a lot of ways, some on the conservative right have been sounding the alarm about voter fraud and about the discrepancies in state election laws for about two decades. You have people like Hans von Spakovsky, who's a, a election law lawyer, Christian Adams, election law lawyer, that have been saying these things um, for 20 years. What I think has changed now, though, is that the chaos around November has brought a new sense of urgency to restoring that faith in the ballot box and restoring that integrity in the voting system. And I think part of that chaos was that you had states and you had very eager local and county officials that took those COVID convenience laws and put them into place. So they used the crisis of COVID to then create these new laws that, or in some cases, they're just ordinances. They didn't even go through the general assemblies. And the question I think now is not to allow the chaos that is built out from these COVID laws to not be made permanent and to go back to voting before that and to make the necessary changes to ensure the vote is more safe and secure. So, you know, my honest take of this is that the energy and the excitement and the drive from the grassroots right now to tackle this is completely warranted and it's focused on reforming these state laws, but it also has an eye towards this larger problem that we have barreling towards us with the Democrat majorities in the House and Senate that are trying to jam S1 or HR1, the Corrupt Politicians Act, which would be a complete federal overtake of our state elections. They are trying to jam that down states' throats 
And grassroots Americans like you and I, we see that, we don't want that. And so there's a little bit of this two-pronged fight going on right now, block that federal overreach and tackle these state-based reforms state by state by state. Yeah, so what's yes. your handicap on that federal reform? You know, I'm, everybody's watching it, looking at Mansion and Cinema and everybody. So how do you feel that that's shaking out right now? So S1, HR1, it's passed the House. It is in the Senate right now. It tied after committee markup uh, last week. In order for it to go to the floor, Schumer would have to do a discharge vote, which would be the first time that Manchin and Cinema and Tester and Hassan would have to go on record to move the bill to the floor. And that would make the bill available for Senate consideration. What's interesting right now, and at the point of us filming this, is that it's kind of a jump ball. You have Schumer saying he wants to bring S-1 to the floor, he wants to do it in August. You have people like Senator Manchin saying that S-1 doesn't have the votes, it needs to be bipartisan, it's not. And they don't want to nuke the filibuster to change the process to move it forward. So they're pivoting to something called the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is H.R. 4. That has not yet been introduced into this Congress, but it was last Congress. The important thing about these two bills, though, whether they go with H.R. 4, the John Lewis Act, or they go with S-1, both of these bills are federal overtakes of our state elections. H.R. 4 does it through the DOJ, through something called preclearance, where every state would have to pre-clear with the DOJ whether they could make changes. Obviously, that is, is fraught with disaster when you look at the partisanship of the DOJ, especially in recent years. And then S-1, that has a federal takeover, it eliminates voter ID laws at the state level, it eliminates many of the safeguards, um, the, the voting roll cleaning that we just talked about and transparency, all of that would be out the window and then adding more provisions of illegal aliens that would be able to vote um, upon entry into the United States, returning the rights, restoring the voting rights of felons, even, even, even not even limited to low degree felons, murderers, rapists, et cetera, would be able to vote immediately. And so um, the two bills, while they're two different legislative paths, both of them represent this federal overreach. And I think that's why you see Manchin really come out of his West Virginia shell and saying that, hold on, I'm not gonna vote for this. Now, it's important that I don't think as conservatives that we put all of our eggs in one basket. Right. Manchin right. is not going to be the shining savior of the conservative right. So from a strategic standpoint, we should be focusing on Manchin, we should be focusing on Senator Cinema out of Arizona, Tester out of Montana, Hassan out of New Hampshire, spread out the strategy, put the pressure on these guys, encourage them to vote no, and in the case of Cinema, encourage her to keep the filibuster in place, which she has made comments to do just that. So it's very much a jump ball. I think this is gonna be a fight we will have all summer. And the last point I would make on this, um, if I could, is that I actually think the left knows how difficult it is to pass a bill like S1. Right. And they look at the state successes. They look at the good work that the Georgia legislature and governor did, that Florida did, that Texas is doing right now, that Iowa did, that Arizona is working on. And they're, they launched that all-out smear campaign that we've talked about against those states in an effort to put pressure on these moderate senators to then have a democracy carve-out, which would nuke the filibuster just for this purpose. 
So when you see someone like Schumer and Hillary Clinton go after the state successes, they have a political reason because it's all about creating this narrative that they mm-hmm. want to move to push S1 forward. Conservatives know that. That's why we have this two-pronged plan to push back against it, go on offense and support these bills for exactly what they are, which is to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. Yeah, good for you and good for articulating it like you are. And that's really what it comes down to now, the truth and transparency of even this part. When people know what is actually happening, they're not in favor of it. And these moderate senators know that to be the case. And and that's the last thing I want to ask you about, too, because you've been traveling a lot and uh, I get out and about a little bit, too. And, and talk about what you're seeing to, to finish the show on a positive here, what you're seeing on the uh, on the energy that's amongst the kind of non-Beltway American conservative crowd that they're that they're upset, but they're ready to do something about it. Right. That's right. I would say that the conservative grassroots everyday loving Americans across the country are off the mat. We are focused, we are um, driven towards blocking this federal overreach of our elections. You're starting to see people come out of these insane COVID lockdowns to get back to true door-to-door activism, showing up at rallies and events, showing up at school board meetings. I mean, the resurgence in this country, the restoration of our freedom, we're right on that right on that cliff. We're right there. And I, I do think the tone and tenor of the country is changing. People are realizing that Biden has overreached, that everything that he said from a progressive left agenda is coming true and we don't like it. And as a response to do something about it, the grassroots is well organized, coming together and fighting back, driving calls right now in these states to get the state election bills through and then blocking HR1, S1 in in probably one of the most robust ways that I've seen, at least since the repeal Obamacare days of 2012 and 2013. I'm so proud of the American people. I mean, honestly, I, I was just in Charleston, South Carolina last week. We were talking about what was needed in the state of South Carolina. I'm heading uh, down to Florida again soon. We've been in Texas, we've been in Arizona. I mean, it, the energy is high. And I do think that every day, average Americans like me, like you, we're tired of the left. We're tired of being called vote suppressionists. And we are ready to take back our country, not only at the ballot box in 2022, but culturally as well. Yeah. And it's so important that we do this now, because if we don't get this figured out, you know, we've that's the urgency now. Everybody realizes we've got to get this election integrity thing figured out or we're in big trouble. And uh, it has a has a tendency to focus your efforts, which is nice. So we're so we're getting there. But hey, Jessica, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for all you're doing. Great work. And I love to keep having you back on and getting updates. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and check out SaveOurElections.com for everything you need to join the fight. Perfect. Thank you. Well, all right. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget working together and staying diligent. We conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next time, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right or text first right to 1-312-820-9167.